Hello, this is Pastor Manning bringing you the Beacon of Hope podcast from Lighthouse Baptist Church at 2032 Cedar Hill Road in Lancaster, Ohio. Today, I have the pleasure of, you bring, of bringing to you the eighth in our series, For Such a Time, Episodes in Esther. The first seven segments of this series have been as follows. Segment number one was Introduction. That is episode 158 in the podcast roster. Segment two was The Queen Removed. That's episode 160. Segment three was Meeting the People. That's episode 161. Segment four was The Queen is Chosen, episode 164. Segment five was The Rise of Haman, Hater of the Jews. That's episode 167. Segment six was The Deadly Commandment, episode 169. And then most recently had been segment seven, The Reaction of the Condemned, and that was episode 171. Today, as mentioned, is the eighth in the series, and this one is entitled Reluctance, Revelation, and Resolve. This all happens in Esther chapter 4. By way of quick review, remember that uh, this evil man named Haman had been exalted to a high position. Mordecai, who is the cousin that raised Esther after the loss of her mother and father, and she regarded him as a father. Esther, of course, is the queen that had been chosen out of all the maidens in the kingdom after that Queen Vashti, the queen to Ahasuerus, the mighty, powerful king, had been removed. And now Esther is in the queen's palace. She has been taught by her cousin Mordecai not to reveal the fact that she is a Jew. Mordecai is a man of some importance in the kingdom, and he was in the king's gate, in other words, at a place where uh, the political and the powerful traffic came in and out. And uh, when Haman was exalted to his high position, everyone in the king's gate would bow to him except Mordecai. Mordecai would not bow down to him. This infuriated, proud, evil, foolish Haman and Haman wanted to destroy not just Mordecai, but he wanted to destroy all the Jews. He hated them for their differences. He hated them for their law. He hated them because they were God's people. Haman, somehow or other, had the ear of the king, and, and he and the king, uh, may I say very shamefully, were sitting at wine one day, just drinking wine, and, and uh, Haman said, there are some people in your kingdom. They don't pay attention to your laws. They're different than everybody else, and they're really a problem, and He said, King, uh, I'll pay money to have them exterminated. The king gives Haman his ring and says, do what you want with him. And of course, then the evil commandment comes out that on a certain date that everyone in the kingdom would be allowed to attack these people, the Jewish people, and they would be able to destroy them, to kill young and old women and children, and uh, to take anything that they wanted. Very, very similar to what would happen in 1938 under Hitler as he rose to power in that horrible time called the Crystal Night or the Night of the Broken Glass. Now, when the king allowed Haman to set this law and the law was sent out through all the land, there was great mourning and weeping. And and you can imagine the response of the Jewish people when they realized that they were going to be helplessly slaughtered. Mordecai himself tore his clothing, put on sackcloth, a rough garment, ashes upon himself, and went before the king's gate, weeping and lamenting and, and with a loud voice. 
No one was allowed to come before the king's gate in a condition like that. Mordecai knew that, but he went there because his voice had to be heard inside the palace. Esther found out about what Mordecai was doing. She didn't know about the decree that had been signed, but she knew her cousin was acting this way and all that. And she sent a man named Hatash out to to bring new clothing to Mordecai and told him to basically get cleaned up and, hey, don't do this in front of the king's gate and, 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 and take care of yourself. And Mordecai sent word back into the palace to the queen and sent a copy of the decree and, and showed her what was going to be done. And then he said to her, he said, Queen Esther, you have to go before the king and uh, you have to plead for your people with this. Remember, Esther had been told by Mordecai not to reveal who she was up till this time. And now he says, you go to the king and you talk to him. And that's where we pick it up in Esther 4 and verse 10. And we'll see this, the reluctance, the revelation, and the resolve. Verse 10 says, again, Esther spake unto Hatash and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there's one law of his, to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. Here's the reluctance. It says in verse 12, they told all to Mordecai Esther's words. This is the reluctance. Mordecai said, Esther, go to the king. Esther says, Mordecai, you know this. I know this. Everybody who works in this kingdom knows this. If I walk into the king's area, that inner area, and I've not been asked to come, I will be executed on the spot unless the king lifts his royal scepter, that that long rod and, and very beautiful rod that was a symbol of his ruling authority. Unless he lifts that golden scepter and points it towards me, he, she said, I will be executed. Our queen or not, they'll kill me right there. And so there's a great reluctance. Here's this time. She's read the decree. She realizes all the Jews are going to be killed. But now Mordecai is saying, Esther, you've got to go in there and try to talk to him. And she says, it's certain death for me. I walk in. Unless he raises that, that scepter, I'm dead. So there's a great reluctance. Well, this is followed by a revelation in verse 13. It says, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Now you can see this, they're sending these messages back and forth. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so here we have the, the uh, revelation. She says, Mordecai, I can't do this. He sends back and says, Esther, don't you think for one minute that because you're in the palace, that you're the queen, that this law is not going to affect you. This is a law of the Medes and Persians. The king can't even alter this law. And he says, you're going, you, you're going to be destroyed. And then he goes further in revelation. He says, Esther, did it ever occur to you that maybe why you were chosen, maybe why you were shown favor above all the maidens in the kingdom was because God was putting you into this position so that you could help to save your people? It's interesting, in that revelation, he revealed her danger. 
you know, you'll be executed, you'll be destroyed like every other Jew if you don't do something about this. Then he also revealed her destiny. Did it occur to you that God put you where he put you for a specific reason? I wonder how often that we even think that way. Certainly she needed reminding from her cousin. And then in that revelation, he revealed God's determined outcome. In other words, God had promised that a Messiah would one day come through the Jewish people. Therefore, they could not be exterminated. However, Esther could either be part of the plan of redemption or she could be cast aside and destroyed if she refused to obey God when she needed to. It's an important lesson to learn. Man's given a choice, but God's final determination will not be thwarted. And so it's a very, very important thing to understand. Now we see the resolve. Being faced with this, Esther's a young lady and uh, these monumental things, uh, the, the whole existence and, and, and the well-being of her people is in her hands. And yet, in order to try to help them, she has to risk dying. And so in verse 15, we see the resolve. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, that's the palace, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king. There's a resolve. She said, Mordecai, you get all the Jews that are in the palace, get them to fast, get them to pray, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. Then I'll go into the king. And then you can almost see her delicate and beautiful set of her chin, but yet a determined look, as she said, as she had written in the message sent out to him. And if I perish, I perish. She said, no matter what happens, I'm going to do the right thing. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Isn't it amazing how Esther approached God before she ever approached the king? And this statement of bravery and nobility that said, if I perish, I perish, was not a flippant thing or it was not easily arrived at. But as she looked at the things from, from which she had uh, derived some reluctance, when she saw the revelation of why she'd been put in that position, she then resolved that if it cost her her life, she was going to stand on the side of right. Well, that's all for this episode. And uh, I will look forward to you joining us for our next segment of this series, which will be called Before the King. In order to be ready for that series, please, uh, or that segment rather, please read Esther chapter five, verses one through eight, as you prepare for the next in the series, Before the King. God bless you. And may you have a great day.